Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast it's the football podcast. Everybody's here. We're all talking football. Talking about last week's games. And in contrast to last week's games, when there was three, there's twice as many games this week to predict. Twice as many. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you might want to drop. And if you've got a football fan in your life, send them this podcast. They might get something out of it, especially as it's a football podcast. Um, Anyway, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, yes. That unmistakable sound tells you all you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. The woman has spoken. So it is time for another instalment of football-based chatter covering both the Premier League and the Championship. But probably not for much longer. For the reason uh, we'll get to later on as we're all steadily losing the will to live with our teams. <laughs> but anyway, welcome along. I'm not doing this alone. You heard the uh, the dulcet laughter of uh, one of our guests this week. Uh, it is uh, the East Riding's finest member, Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. How are you, sir? Uh, I mean, the, the laughter would indicate happy, but you know, we'll find out shortly. <laughs> um, possibly a man who has the, 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 the only excuse of any of us to be somewhat content this week, the uh, leader of the Cookie Cast Brigade. <laughs> Mr. Andrew Cook, how are you, sir? For a second, I thought you were talking about Matt. I was like, did Forrest win this week? Is that a thing? Um, <laughs> yes, I am, I am wonderful, thank you. Lovely. Good to hear. And yes, his name was mentioned there, but not three times. But he is on the podcast anyway. He has appeared. It is Nottingham via Newcastle via so many other places. It is Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? I mean, it's scant consolation if uh, the cheeriness of the podcast is based on a on a draw. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Spoilers, spoilers. No offense, Matt, but at this point, uh, the the phrase "beggars can't be choosers" would what? never be more apt. I think at this particular point. Yes, but yes, yeah, delightful. Um, obviously, transfer window well closed. Manager window very much still open for Hull and Middlesbrough. It's been uh, over a week now and still no movement on either brigade for that matter. Although, actually, there was an announcement from Hull, I believe, Mr Woodmansey. Uh, with, uh, with what pertains to what happened last week, is that what you mean? Yeah, um... So, we mentioned on the podcast last week, Pedro Martins, former Olympiacos manager, was in town to see the 2-1 win against Wigan. Um, he was definitely in the ground as he posed for pictures with the owner before the game. Um, sat and watched the team battle her way to that, that, that win over Wigan. And then the following day, apparently quite late on into Thursday, City then believed that demands made by Martins were unachievable. And called things off. So Andy Dawson continues as interim boss at this point. Uh, but I think, I mean, we, we talked about it amongst ourselves. And I think it was it was Paul that nailed it with a respective... You know, everything seemed to be agreed. There was a, It's been reported that even so much as a verbal agreement was in place. And then possibly he's asked for a bit too much money to spend, having the fact that we've maybe blown an absolute ton... Um, and haven't probably then got that to, to splash around as well. So it's we're, we're still managerless at the moment. Um, there are two managers apparently in the offing. Uh, one of them is a former Sheffield Wednesday manager, from what I remember reading, but I can't think of his name. Carlos Carvajal. That's him. 
And was he also the guy that was at Swansea? Yes. Yeah. Um, because the, the the article I read was like, oh, it's a, the former Sheffield Wednesday manager and the former Swansea manager. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the same person. Yeah. Um, well, if if you want, I've got the the current Sky Bet next permanent Hull manager odds in front ooh. of me as we speak. Former former Hull manager, Steve, Mister Stephen Bruce, Sir Stephen Bruce, as he might be known in these parts and by some, was also let go from West Brom. So, does he feature on your list? You can have him the same odds as such others as Chris Hewton, Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> uh, Fatty Tareem who is a well-known Turkish football manager um, he is 20 to 1 so I believe you could class that as a rank outsider the current favourite according to Skybet apparently regardless of, co- of comments that have been made by the club Pedro Martins at 4 to 5 that is bizarre so make of that what you will. Second favourite is Andy Dawson, but they are they do have a, a market that settles that if a, a caretaker manager is in charge for ten competitive games, they will deem to be the permanent choice and settled as a winner. So, I mean, I know that this definitely doesn't happen in football, but what happens if somebody, you know, three times removed from the management? Lumps on Doss. They give him ten games and then put a point after the eleven. Uh, that person will be um, nine times their stake better off. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. just going to say if imprisoned. Is the... Yeah, I don't, if the, I don't know if the other name that you had was Barry Pardo. Yes, he's the he's the ten to one third favourite. Mm. Yeah. I'm... I don't know. I say obviously we we saw the Steve Bruce thing come out, and I thought, oh, that's convenient. But I, I, I don't think he'd go back for him. I think, I think a few Hull fans may take him back. Um, obviously it's the last, it'd be the, the final shot to the Alums if uh, if it, if it did happen. But we'll see. I don't I don't know. I, I really don't know at this point. I think Doss has done. He's made some moves. The moves that he could, I guess. They they won the Wigan game. He's bench Figueredo. Um, he's actually got players playing somewhat well. He, he had Cyrus Christie playing up basically like wide right, and then almost as a third striker on against Huddersfield. Um, Elder had to come off at half time actually against Huddersfield due to a discomfort in his hamstring, and that dropped Christie back to right back. They moved Coyle over to left back, and spoiler spoiler alert, um, Huddersfield's second goal came because a, somebody out jumped Coyle in a position that he doesn't play in. So I don't know. It's, it's quite a few out of position at the moment, but uh, I just he, he other, other he's doing all that he can. I think in the two games he's had, at least he's actually making an effort to change some of the stuff that Avalati was doing wrong, in my opinion. Um, sorry, yeah, three. Um, but I guess we'll see. Oh, so what you're saying there, Paul, is only seven more games to go. <laughs> seven more games to go before I am a rich man. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the whole situation. Obviously, the situation of my, and I want to put this, uh, this, this not too funny, club, as uh, it's a bit of a shambles at the moment. But um, a lot of a lot of stuff's been said in so on social media and etc. about the number of names that have been uh, quoted as being a potential to take over. Um, apparently, Carlos Corboran, the old Huddersfield town manager, has been uh, mentioned as having an interview. Uh, the main one doing the rounds this week in the in the uh, social media element is that Michael Carrick was spoken to. Um, obviously that stemmed the ideas of oh, even though he's been retired for so many years Carrick would still be the best midfielder at Middlesbrough so yeah they're probably not wrong on that one at the minute because uh, the midfield is a bit of a shamble um, 
However, from a betting perspective, there is no outright new face that is the favourite. The favourite is currently Leo Perkovic, who is the current caretaker manager. And you can have odds of him at 5-2 to two to take over as the next permanent boss. Again, he only needs to hit another eight games in charge to actually become or have been in charge for 10 games to hit that marker. Um, after that, Lee Catamull is a seven to two choice. He's in the he's in the club at the minute as a as an under eight teams coach, but he's helping out with the first team as far as I'm aware. Uh, and then it goes down to Rob Edwards, Carlos Corberan, both names that have been mentioned in the in the press in the past couple of weeks. Um, Michael Carrick six to one. So yeah, it's all a bit all massively up in the air. No one really knows what's going on. Um, they obviously got the win against Birmingham in the first game that they'd taken over last week and then obviously we'll come to what happened at the weekend and what better place to start than right now, actually no we won't start right now because whilst there is no managerial change at Nottingham Forest there has been other changes and I believe after we recorded last week, Nottingham Forest decided to uh, release a statement in relation to Mr. Steve Cooper's uh, position in uh, in his job as manager of the football club. Did they not, Mr. Moore? So yeah, they like what was it was it Mon- was it Monday or was it Friday that they announced that there was a they got a three year extension basically. I think it was Friday. Three year extension. He's got a contract through till twenty twenty five. There was rumours of the chief executive leaving as well, uh, but he's staying. But then today, the sporting director or head of God knows what label he's got and the chief scout have both been given the boot with in light of a new sporting director coming in who used to be at Watford. Um, I think everyone's like, oh, shit. The Watford guy is going to be coming in, like start doing Watford things at Forest. I don't think he's got control over managerial stuff. I think it's purely player recruitment. And looking at his player recruitment kind of list, it's quite a decent, like the decent Watford players that you can, you know, that people name. It's not, it's not the current crop like Dennis and Saar and those ones, but it's the ones from the previous. Say previous time they got promoted, perhaps not the last time, but the time before that, or maybe yeah. the time before that, or maybe the time before that, or the time before that. Or... <laughs> um, the so, think... portion of the yo-yo, not the down portion of the yo-yo. <laughs> yeah. Early yo-yo, you know, like when it was cool to be a yo-yo, and like not that kind of, <laughs> not when the when the strings all dirty because you dropped it on the floor a million times trying to walk the dog or something <laughs> like that. Kind of. Um, so yeah, I think he, yeah. So obviously he's come in, and it makes me laugh because it's like, all oh, right, yeah, Marinakis's son is going to be more involved. I, I don't want to be that person, but it was very front and center over the Jesse Lingard recruitment kind of thing, and made everybody know fully that he was, you know, very, very, very involved in that, and you know. It, it, it kind of it, it does kind of smack of it of um I don't know kind of closing the door off the horse bolted or throwing the baby out with the bathwater or you know all those kind of cliches um and I think you know you you'd mentioned that Danny Murphy had mentioned like the unrecruited defenders uh, on the radio last night I'm pretty sure that's definitely something I've said. In the previous weeks, that they haven't recruited many central defenders, they've recruited one up until deadline day, um, and then both of the ones that they've signed are not playing. Um, would be the kind of slight concern about that. One of them has not even made the first team squad yet because he's settling in, um, which I was like. Great, that's just what you need, you know. When when we're when we're a month into the season and one of the players that you're signing, not settling, not just settling into the side, settling into a new country and a new city to live in, and I'm like, that's just terrible. I, so, 
yeah, maybe the maybe the sporting director or whatever head of recruitment or whatever it was before had to go, but it seems like when you've spent one hundred and twenty million or whatever they you know what they've actually paid as opposed to the the kind of headline prices, it would suggest that what are they going to have to spend at Jan- January when the when the transfer window reopens if they do buy any more? Which, I mean, Christ, people have a field day on that one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's obviously just it's just if they do buy loads of players in January, it's obviously that you know Mr. Marinakis is. Uh, Christmas gift for uh, Steve Cooper was a new team bus. So. <laughs> yeah. well, there's a, lot of players, a lot of players going on loan to Olympiacos in, uh, in January. That's, yeah. that's what's going to happen, isn't it? You're going to get an awful lot of, sort of shit housery between those two teams. A lot of movement back and forth. But yes, so that's the administration side of the football clubs tied up. So we'll dive straight in on the predictions, if we absolutely must. We'll start in the capital, where Middlesbrough Football Club took on Millwall. (sighs) Not a great game. Um, I even saw that there was a tweet from uh, staunch Millwall supporter Danny Baker of BBC Radio fame. Uh, when he'd uh, put out that he'd just come back from watching uh, Millwall take on a rather insipid Middlesbrough team that uh, didn't really do a lot. And I think he said that he got more entertainment from his half-time Bovril or something like that. Uh, Yeah, not a great game. The opening goal was scored by Millwall, where a free kick uh, was harmlessly drilled against the wall, took a wicked deflection off Chubarapom's foot and and just span agonisingly out of the keeper's reach and snuck inside the far post to give Millwall a 1-0 lead. Uh, Middlesbrough didn't register a shot on target until the 84th minute, which is just fantastic. Um, and at that point, they were already 2-0 down after a second goal by Zion Fleming after his deflected first effort. Just left completely unmarked at the back post, just to nod in. Probably as as avoidable a goal as you're going to concede all season. So, yeah, that's how the game finished. Apparently there was a bit of gallows humour in the fact that when they had that shot on target in the 84th minute, the, the fans were uh, giving it the, uh, how shit must you be? We've registered a shot, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, not great. Uh, it continues Middlesbrough's away wars uh, so far this season. That all their away games they've played, they've drawn once and lost every single other game. Predictions-wise, three of us had 1-1 one, one draws. That was myself, Stu and Matt. Uh, none of us had a Borough goal scorer, obviously, because they didn't score. Um, I had picked George Savile to score for Millwall. No points there. Stu and Matt had both picked Honeyman to score for Millwall, no points there. Mr. Optimism of the podcast, Mr. Andrew Cook, had gone for a 2-1 at Middlesbrough win. How very foolish of him. He did have a phobia to score for Millwall. That didn't happen. So, after the first game of Week 11, it's a, it's a grand spectacular. Zero points across the board, ladies and gentlemen. We did, didn't we do well? Didn't we do well, ladies and gentlemen? quadruple bagel. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost... Well, in fact, I'm pretty sure you can buy bags of bagels that have got four in them. So, it's a bag of bagels. I'll get the schmear. We move to West Yorkshire and the first of the televised football matches from this past weekend where Huddersfield Town took on Hull City and... For those of you watching on YouTube, I can, I'm can i pretty sure you'll be able to tell by the way that he slumped in his chair the particular result that was retrieved by his beloved Hull City. Do you want to break this one down for us, Stu? Okay, so like in this day and age, with the, the plethora of midweek games that we get in the Championship, and then the fact that 
obviously none of the Saturday three o'clocks are televised. The rare occasion that Hull are on mid-afternoon on a Sunday, getting to sit down and watch this with my boys. And the highlight of the game was when uh, one of my lads went, oh, Huddersfield, we've been there. And the fact that he recognised it, that was the entire highlight of the game. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, after Hull beating Wigan midweek last week, they couldn't follow that up with any more points. Uh, it, it wasn't for the lack of trying, uh, but Huddersfield did win 2-0. So the first was a Louis Coyle own goal after 29 minutes. A um, lot of pressure down Huddersfield's left-hand side. Um, ball came in, and despite the fact that there was probably another three or four players behind him, and nobody near Coyle himself, he just threw himself at the ball, and it went straight in the net. So... It was really weird. Like there was no reason for him to do that. I understand, obviously, he's trying to cut the cross out, but surely in the area that that was in, it was always a danger that he was just going to put it past his own keeper, which he did because Baxter had no chance. Um, as I mentioned before, there was the injury to Elder, which caused a bit of a shuffle in the team, which meant that some players were out of position. Um, bit of bit, again, bit of pressure down the wing. Ball came in and a header. From Helic or Helic, I'm not quite sure for for Huddersfield. Um, pretty much point blank range, doubled their lead six minutes into the second half. Um, the whole missed at least two clear cut chances. One in the first half from uh, I can still I can still hang on to this nugget. Championship top scorer uh, Esther Pinion um, from about ten yards out just spooned it over the bar. Uh, but the worst one was. Certainly, the Oscar is stupid yeah. Okay, watch you talking to me now. Um, the worst one was uh, Andy's favourite, Ryan Longman, who got quite a bit of stick off the crowd in the second half, having gone through one on one with a keeper, and then might as well have tried to blow it in with a straw. Um, it was terrible, and it went wide. So, yeah, not a lot of fun to be had if you're a whole fan in West Yorkshire this weekend. You heard it there from the horse's mouth. Quite a lovely horse he is as well. So, no joy for Hull in the predictions. No, sorry, no for no, no joy for Hull in the game. Was there joy for us in the predictions? Myself and Andy had gone for a 1-1 draw. With Rhodes to score for Huddersfield and Christie to score for Hull. Andy had gone for Rhodes to score for Huddersfield and Estepinian to score for Hull. That's no points right there. Matt had gone for the optimistic 2-1 Hull City win with Rhodes to score for Huddersfield and then Estepinian and Longman to score for Hull. No points there. The Hull fan, however, knew how this was going to go down and went for a 3-1 Huddersfield victory. So gets himself a point for the result. He did, however, have Rhodes, Holmes and Kamara to score for Huddersfield. So no points for the scorer and Cynic to score for Hull City. So just a one point for the result there. Our final game of the week for predictions took us to the Trent and for Nottingham Forest versus Aston Villa on the Monday night football. How did this one go, Mr Moore? As we do the countdown to uh, 12, we are now... Five points in, seven to go, because it was a one-all draw. Um, I, it's one of those things where every every match they turn up, and like, oh, the support's great, it's this, that and the other, the chanting and all that kind of thing, and you're like, yeah, great, thanks. Kind of thing. And then you kind of... And then... So Forrest took an early lead, kind of 15 minutes in. Emmanuel Dennis scored with a header from a nice cross from, uh, like a free kick from uh, Morgan Gibbs-White. Uh, apparently he scores a lot of goals against Villa. Apparently this, it's uh, kind of one of those things. And then I, I do I do enjoy the hyperbole of Sky Sports News. Uh, quote, a worldie from Ashley Young. Now, I don't want to be choosy. It's not a worldie. It's a good hit from just outside of the box that went in the bottom corner. But, again, um, some, I don't want to say questionable defending, 
but some kind of slightly lax defending, you know, kind of get it out kind of thing would be my kind of thing, whereas it's a little bit more kind of try and play it a bit. He's picked up the ball and stuck it in the back of the net. And then I sat kind of clenched would be kind of thing, waiting for the next one to go in. Um, <laughs> and kind of, which, which kind of like past 10 minutes to think, all right, maybe we settle down a bit here kind of thing. Um, but apparently Forrester moved it back but a bit further back towards what they were last year, um, kind of allowing more possession, hitting on the break, uh, but it kind of petered out into a one-all draw. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, ending one-all. I I managed to pick up the game on about 65 minutes, and for a good portion of that to the end, it looked like neither team bothered playing in midfield. It was all... One end to the other, and then a like last ditch tackle in the box. Villa Villa weren't covering themselves in glory. I think Rui Keane's kind of gone in and said it wasn't great, even though he's like, oh well, people are saying the match is great, but they weren't particularly neither team were particularly good. I think was his opinion, um, which is not good. Um, and somebody else had quoted that it was rubbish. Oh, I, I knew it was someone who I was like, ah, oh, some gobshite who I don't, don't listen to, Neil Warner. Um, it said that it was rubbish. Um, so yeah, that that was uh, yeah, kind of pretty rubbish. I think he'd said, but I was like, oh yeah, that was thinking. Who, who was it? Who would it be that I'm not, not going to listen to their opinion? Neil one. So yeah, that, it's it's Neil, a point, I think it's a point in the right direction, and there's not been that capitulation in defence. I think, and I think that's the kind of main thing. Um, but still, it's a worry. I said it was a point that got him off the bottom of the league, so. It's all that matters. Anyway, from a predictions standpoint, Mr. Andrew Cook had gone for an optimistic Nottingham Forest 1 0 win with Johnson to score the goal. So, he was almost right for about 10 minutes, I think. Oh, well, there you go. No points there for Mr. Cook, sadly. Mr. Moore, very pessimistic. 3-1 Aston Villa win. Coutinho, Watkins, McGinn to score for Villa. No points there. What's this name I see in front of me for the uh, Nottingham Forest goal? Dennis? Tick for a cheeky little point there for Mr. Moore. Lovely stuff. I had gone for the optimistic... They've just been pumped. Let's go. Back to basics. Get ourselves a nil-nil draw. One point for the result. Lovely jubbly. Mr Woodmansey, however, must have seen something in the waters as he went for a 1-1 draw. Two points there for the correct result and the correct score. Well done, Mr Woodmansey. No points for his scorers, however. Johnson and Watkins. Therefore, for the week, sadly, posting our potentially first bagel for the week of the season, it is Mr. Andrew Cook. Get him in the get him in the toaster, son. At least you can enjoy him in some form or fashion. Both with a point each is myself and Mr. Moore, but taking a second consecutive win in the predictions, it is Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. Well done to you, sir. What are you going to do with all your winnings? But wait, there are no winnings, so don't answer that question. Ah, uh, literally going to Disneyland. Ah, uh, he hasn't won the Super Bowl. <laughs> maybe at the end of the season we'll top up all the wins and we'll see what we'll see. We'll see if we can get someone a trip to maybe not Disneyland. Maybe maybe Flamingo Land will have to do for one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> we have got. Be lucky to get the Poundland. Never mind that. Well, you might be able to get you a ticket to the Poundland Stadium if uh, if one of our teams plays Walsall in a cup competition as well. <laughs> but we have six games to predict for week 12. Before we dive into those games, we will just take a short break just to compose ourselves, really put those thinking caps on, think about what we think is going to be the results in all those games. And we'll be back with you in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Recording in progress. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Or, we've just 
continued as your feed, may I tell you. So, as we said, week 12, six games to bring you. We have two each for each of the teams. We start with the Premier League fixture in Wolverhampton, where Wolves take on Nottingham Forest. Mr. Moe's team, so obviously he will predict last on this one. I'll set us off. I'll dive in with a nice cheeky one on this one. Two pretty poor teams, let's be honest, on the face of it. I'll go for a 1-1 draw in this one. I've gone for... He's the sort of guy that you don't want scoring against your team. So I'll obviously go for Diego Costa to get his first for Wolves. And everyone knows the, everyone knows the score. Old boy rule, fully in effect. Morgan Gibbs-White gets his first goal for Nottingham Forest. Get the get your money on it, ladies and gentlemen. If, if that that could, that, well, I was going to say we should, we should start offering that as a, as an option on the podcast that we give like our nap of the week, and then we don't want sort of like libel and you know people coming at us with like bills. To pay. You, you are also forgetting the fact that we've just been through last week's predictions and proved fully. Don't fucking listen to a word we say. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of them anyway. Me, you can listen to me. That's fine. Oh. Sorry, um, just, you can just scooch to a left. I don't think we can fit your massive head in the screen. <laughs> Speaking of which, give us your prediction, Chief. Okay, so, uh, well, I haven't, I'm not going to entirely disagree with Paul, except for I, I'm going for a 2-2 on the basis of they can shoot, but they can't necessarily defend. So, uh, uh, yeah, so a 2-2. So, I have also gone Costa. Wolves and Traore and not necessarily old boy rules obviously but old podcast favourites Yates and Johnson Shit. I did see that on uh, on Monday's game he uh, obviously did that, that old trope of Oh, I'm just chasing the ball back to my own goal in towards the corner. Oh, um, the guy's breathed near me, so I'm just going to take a tumble. Oh, wait a minute. I've made it look like he's tried to kill me. The ref's given me a free kick. Lovely stuff. The worst one, did you see when Johnson got tapped on the face? And he'd gone down <laughs> like a slight... Oh, so they'd, yeah, they'd gone almost, yeah. almost head to head and it was like his eyebrow brushed him and he went down like he'd been hit by a sniper. I did see that and that was absolutely pathetic. Yeah, it was bad. It's the sort of thing where I think the ref's well within his range there. Even though I've got him in fantasy, so don't want him getting red cards. If the ref sees that, he's well within his rights to send him off for me because that's shocking. Disgraceful behaviour. It's, it it's standard. And not for him, for all players nowadays that anybody puts yeah. their head anywhere near anybody. Uh, and to VAR checked it and neither of them got punished, so uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think VAR checked it and then just filed it under embarrassing is the uh... we, can, we can only hope that they're basically totting them up and at the end of the season they get like you know a, a massive fine or something in the post we can only hope Mr. Cook what have you got, have you got for this one? 25 for a yellow it's like <laughs> Wolves nil Nottingham Forest with Johnson scoring. Honestly thought we were about to see at Wolves nil, Nottingham Forest, seven. <laughs> um, I'm keeping that powder dry. I'm going to fire it off at an opportune moment. Go on, Mr. Blow, your boys. Let us know how it's going down. I've gone for a two-all draw. Wow. Well. Interesting. Goal scorers? Uh, Neves and Traore for Wolves. The Neves goal will obviously be scored from about 85 yards out, underside of the bar and in, yeah? Well, apparently the record for conceding goals outside of the box is 18 in a season. Forrest are already at 10, so, you know, we're well on the way. Um, uh, so, yeah, Neves and Traore, and then Dennis and Johnson for Forrest. 
if Johnson does indeed score, I am up shit creek, ladies and gentlemen, as I'm the only person who hasn't picked him on the podcast. <laughs> we move to TT, T-side, for Middlesbrough versus Blackburn Rovers. I will give my prediction last, as it is my team, unfortunately. Uh, Mr Cook, what have you got on this one? Middlesbrough, one. Blackburn, nil. He uh, he tried for it last time, didn't quite get it. So this time, Chuba to score the goal. Love it, love it. Got the goal, of course, in the first game of the Leo Perkovic era, given the winning start against Birmingham City. Mister Moore, I have gone for a Middlesbrough one, Blackburn Rovers two. Yeah, I can see it happening, you goal scorers. Uh, I've gone Tuba as well. And I've gone for your favourite. Brace from Brereton Diaz. Interesting. Twice. Interesting, because I seem to have something written in my book, obviously because I've made my predictions, but we'll come to that in a minute. Uh, Mr Woodmansey, what have you got for? Well... Very, very similar in in the goal scorer department, I guess. But I have overall gone for a one-one draw. It's about time Mister Housen uh, got himself on the sh- score sheet. So I have gone oh, for him. Good. Oh, good heavens! <laughs> uh, but I also, and as well, wanted to raise this. Have gone for Ben Brereton, and I, I, I note that obviously we've had Paul's had lots of beef about this in the past. Uh, you know, feel free to go back and listen to all of last season when Blackburn were involved and Paul pretty much had a fit about the name the entire time. Um, Sky Sports have stopped listing him on the app as Brereton Diaz. Isn't that funny? So, he's, he, he, according to Sky Sports, particularly the Scores app, he is now back down to just the singular Ben Brereton. So, I've gone for him. But again, it was just to make Paul write it again. He's lost his Diaz, ladies and gentlemen. What a shame. What a shame for him. He's probably thinking that other teams were racist and not signing him because he was a foreign player or something. <laughs> no, it's probably... You know, it might be that it's it's, it's Blackburn's sort of uh, preference because they'll probably think, ooh, well, if we just get him back to being plain old Ben Brereton from Stoke-on-Trent, we can probably charge 20, like, 20 times the price because he's English, therefore comes with the English tax. So, my team, I've gone for a 2-2 draw on this one. I've gone for Akpom and Force to get the goals. Force has been coming on in the, at the last in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes of game, so I uh, fancy him to have more of a more of an input in this particular game. And I've gone for Dolan and the aforementioned Brereton, no Diaz, to score for Blackburn Rovers. The lesser spotted Sunday, 3pm, championship fixture. So, not on Sky Sports. Hull City take on Birmingham City. Now, you can't really class it as sloppy seconds when there's been a game in between, can you? Sadly. As obviously Middlesbrough played Birmingham midweek the week before. I will go for a 1-0 Hull City win with Pelkas to score the goal. Mr Cook. You were real close. You were real close. Put the same down, but change the goal score to Espinam. What I might do at the end of the season is top up our predictions against the actual results and see where our teams would have finished in the league. This is amazing. In a 46-game season, Borough would have won 44 games. This is mental. (laughs) Uh, Mr Moore. I have gone for a 2-1 whole win. Ooh. Are we going to get a clean sweep, ladies and gentlemen? We'll find out in a minute. Your goal scorers? Uh, Esther Pena. 
Yes. And Hogan. Oh, hang on, I think I might have missed one of your goal scorers there because I was about to write Hogan underneath Estupinian. Seri. Oh, Seri. Estupinian, Seri, and then the Hulkster. Let's hope he hasn't taken his vitamins that day. Uh, Mr. Woodman, see. We're going to lose 2 1. Boo! <laughs> Uh, worryingly, I have also gone for Est Opinion for the home goal. I, I, have, I have gone for Hogan and Chong. <laughs> Do you know what we didn't realise? Old boy. Old boy. Woods. Didn't they sign him from Birmingham? Yeah. It's a shame I've got all these words written in this book because I'd definitely just change it without telling anybody. But can't, <laughs> can't have scribbles here and there, can we? That's the, just the, the reason that it's a Sunday, by the way, is because uh, it's the middle of Hull Fair. Hull Fair can't, can't run on a Sunday, so they can sneak in a home game. Although, if you go in, if you are listening to this ahead of time and you're heading to the whole game, you'll probably know this already, but don't bother going in the car because you're not going to get parked anywhere near... Well, also, if you if you don't go in the car, you know what you can take advantage of? Beer. The, the delicious breweries of Hull's <laughs> Fair City and, uh, you know, enjoy a delicious rattler or two. We, we don't do shit like that here, Paul. We do real beer. I swear to God, I'm going to come there one day and I'm going to find a rattler and I'm going to make you drink it, you son of a bitch. Oh, no, we have lemonade. Is that what you mean? <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> to our second raft of three games for each club. So, in the Premier League, we have Brighton and Hove Albion taking on Nottingham Forest. I will let Mr Andrew Cook deliver what could be the bad news first up on this one. OK, here we go. I tried my, I tried my hardest to find, find the players that, uh, that I thought were going to score some goals here. Brighton. One with Welbeck scoring. Forrest also won Dennis to score. Dennis, Mr. Woodmansey. Well. I went. A li- I felt a bit pessimistic doing two draws and a loss in the first half of the prediction. So I've, I thought I'd try and bring some cheer for a change. So let's start with a one nil Forest win. Interesting. Brighton are, Brighton are in a bit of a weird position, having lost Potter, aren't they? So I thought it might be time for a bit of uh, rocking and rolling. But uh, go Gibbs White for Forest. I saw him with his big Zorro tash on the TV last night and I thought, do you know what, that guy's going to score soon. <laughs> Based on what? Well, clearly his fantastic moustache, clearly. I ah, just his his moustache, lovely. <laughs> uh, I have gone for a 2-0 Brighton win on this one. Sadly, I think uh, they'll, uh, they'll have a little bit too much for the old Forest boys, plus it's a long way to travel. Long way to travel down to Brighton. I've gone for Trossard, and everyone calls him McAllister. I'm not calling him that. His name is clearly McAllister. It's two separate words. That's what I'm going for. Matthew, how is this one going down? (laughs) I've gone for Brighton 3, Forest 1. Oh, dear. Brighton are a good start. Trossard with 2. to sort the afternoon for the Brighton one gross (laughs) very nice I'm not going to put gross I'm going to put that weird B thing that the uh, um, I believe it's an S set in the German language it's a double S so gross grob (laughs) (laughs) you were doing so well Nottingham Forest goal scorer Uh, Gibbs White 
well, he'll obviously be on a roll after he'd scored against uh, Wolves, won't he? So, lovely stuff. We move to one of Britain's favourite seaside resorts. No, it's not Seton Carew, sadly, ladies and gentlemen. It is Blackpool versus Hull City. I'll open us up on this one. I've gone for a 1-1 draw with Yates and Estupinian to get the goals. Mr Moore. Same for me. One apiece? Yep. Same uh, Blackpool scorer. Yates. But now I can't believe I've not predicted him before because I like his name. Pelkas. Pelkas. Mr Cook. I will also have some of exactly the same, please, but can you change the Hull goal scorer to the one that I keep shouting out? And any day now, he's actually going to score Long Man. Right. Is he going to do it? Is he going to give us our first full raft of 1-1s across the board? Nope. Because I said I'd continue to spread the cheer, and therefore... Second one in a row for me, I'm predicting a 1-0 away win. Kinky. And your goal scorer? Well, I mean, I would love it if it was Longman for Andy on the basis of the, all the, all of the fans that gave him it by chanting horrible things at him for missing that one-on-one at Huddersfield. At least it would give them something to think about. But no, I have uh, agreed with Mr. Moore on this one. I'm going for Pelkas. I've liked what I've seen from him so far. Like, I hope he gets a uh, decent run of the side. Hmm. I must admit, I've only seen little uh, little snippets of him here and there, but quite a short-statured man. Yeah, but he's got a lot of control and he's uh, not shy of taking someone on either, which is we, we tend to lack sometimes, especially when things are going against the grain. They kind of like get a bit insular, whereas he was uh, quite happy to have, have a go at getting past somebody, which... Is a bit of a rare sight nowadays in uh, East Yorkshire. So mm. We stay on the West Coast where Wigan Athletic will take on Middlesbrough. Obviously, I'll give us the final prediction of the week on this one, but we'll open up with Mr Woodmansey. What do you reckon for this one? So for me personally, my third 1-0 away prediction in a row. I told you, bring in now, the chair. Hang on a second. We agreed that this was the pessimistic podcast. Exactly. What is all this positivity, what is all this positivity about you absolute crazy bastard? Well, I think even my wife has been on this podcast saying that we're grumpy old men, so, you know, shove it. <laughs> um, so, she knows us all too well. <laughs> I've, gone, I've gone for tubes to score against the pie men. Very nice. Mr Moore? I'm going to bring us back down again. I've gone for a 2-1 Wigan win. (laughs) (laughs) That's the content these ladies and gentlemen come for each and every single week. Your goal scorers, please. I've been heeding your warnings. I didn't listen to you last week about Middlesbrough losing away. So I'm like, all right, then fine, yeah. Um, I've gone for Keane and McGuinness. Ooh, the, the whole old boy double. And for the borough? Fours. Oh, <laughs> three X-Hole players in one game. Ah. Mr. Cook. Um, Matt's clearly been copying my predictions. Um, almost. I've gone with a 1-1 with McGuinness and Fours to score. Very, very nice. I have agreed with one of you in that I have gone with a 1-1 draw. I've gone for Mooney's to score for the Borough. And I didn't expect any of you to know this, but the old boy rule is in effect and Charlie Wyke is a product of the Middlesbrough Academy and and, uh, had scored his first goal at the weekend since coming back from a heart scare that he suffered last season, where I believe he's had to have a a defibrillator fitted under his skin. I saw a a video on that, I didn't realise. So, 
what better way than for him to get a goal against the club that released him when he was a young lad and uh, basically just give it one of these in front of the uh, the older way supporters. I mean, it's bad that I'm looking for an optimistic 1-1 draw at Wigan. No offence, Wigan fans, but Jesus. That, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of yet another week of festivities. Nonsense. Unless you gentlemen have got anything to bring to the party in an other business format, I believe that takes us to the end. I see no hands up, so I'm going to presume that is nothing to nothing to add. So the only thing for me to add is my thanks to these three lovely gentlemen for joining me again to talk you through the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, or just the downs, as it turns out, for um, all of our football teams within the past couple of weeks. Thank you, gents, for joining me. Thank you to all you lovely listeners and, and viewers and uh, join us again next week where we'll do it all over again. But until then, we'll see you tatty bye. So there you go, what do you think of that? Another one done, another week of games gone, another week of games to come. Plenty of games to come. Big thank you for listening and or watching. And one last thing before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave any reviews you want to leave and get this podcast shared around as much as humanly possible. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.